Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray always that you're doing well. Um, it is the feast of Cosmin uh, and Damien today, and um, uh, it's a glorious day here in Tyler, Texas. The weather is gorgeous. Fall has finally arrived, and we're doing really very well. I have neglected for a few days um, to give you a very, very important message from LifeSite News. And this is the last day I can give you this message. So um, uh, LifeSite says that you know how important it is to get truthful and transparent news straight to your inbox and free from censorship. We know you want to be in the loop about what your children are learning in schools and how we must do everything we can to preserve our precious faith for our children and our children's children. That is why I'm so pleased to share that LifeSite News has started a new initiative called 25 Years, A Legacy of Life, which exists to bring you fresh content, faith-filled news, and stories you can trust. Join LifeSite as they fight to preserve this legacy for the next 25 years. The next generation depends on it. Join this legacy today by visiting Give. G-I-V-E dot LifeSiteNews.com to make your donation. May God bless and love you. Beloved, um, LifeSite News is my number one go-to news source. Absolutely number one. They have several editions, a U.S. edition, a Canadian edition, an international edition, a Catholic edition, uh, other edition, whatever. There's so many editions. My goodness. Um, and I subscribe to several of them. Uh, it's my absolute number one source, not only because I get solid news as it affects Catholics uh, and it affects everyone all over the world, Catholic or not, um, but it's tremendously trustworthy. Their staff is fantastic and they're all over the world. Um, I highly recommend them, and I highly recommend that you give to them, that you donate to them, um, even on a regular basis, um, so much a month. Whatever it is helps them. Even if it's $5 a month ongoing, it helps them. One-time large gifts are fantastic, of course. Um, I, I couldn't recommend a Catholic source uh, more strongly than LifeSite News, and I must say that um, the reason that I'm on LifeSite News is through the Station of the Cross, my two most um, wonderful Catholic resources, um, utterly trustworthy. And I could say anything I wish because I know they say everything they wish, and it's all solidly Catholic and Orthodox. So um, I'm just, just so pleased with that. Yesterday, we began... Um, an article titled Home Education and the Survival of the Catholic Family by Father John Harden. And Father Harden um, is uh, speaking about, and he probably wrote this 50 or more years ago, the 
not the good idea of home education, but the necessity of home education for the survival of the Catholic family, the survival of any any family, but especially of the Catholic family. If you're raising your children Catholic, beloved, which you do from the moment of conception in the mother's womb for nine months, then when the child is born, I said yesterday, why when the baby is five, six, seven years old do you turn that beautiful child over to the world and its system? Even if you bring it to a Catholic school, why would you do that? Why would you do that? The teachers may not be as Catholic as you. Uh, they may not be Catholic at all. They may not have your values. Why would you do that? You are given the stewardship of raising saints for the kingdom. And if you turn them over to the world, even the Catholic world, you are forfeiting your vocation and destroying your children. There are very good Catholic schools. They are very, very few. And in any case... Um, it is always better to homeschool your children. And Father Hardin says, why? We'll pick up where we left off yesterday. Why? Why are parents so necessary for the proper education of their children and the corresponding survival of the Catholic family? The reason is really a cluster of reasons, all derived from what we know about human nature and divine grace. Number one, Father says, We are what we have received. The first reason is the mysterious law of interdependence. We depend on others for what we possess. This applies, first of all, to our physical nature. Only human beings can reproduce other human beings. This reproduction is not only bodily, but also mental or volitional. What do we know that someone else has not taught us? And what do we love except what others have helped us to choose and appreciate? Under God, the primary, most important person in our lives to enlighten and inspire us are our parents. Parents, in turn, are to recognize that the children they brought into this world are not meant for this world. The children's destiny is eternal. It is the parents, more than anyone in the world, who are to prepare their children in time, indeed, for eternity. When Father Hardin wrote this last century, I don't imagine he ever could have anticipated our current evil world of increasing transhumanism, that we are inventing human beings, biological human beings, taking human beings that exist and making them machines, hacking their bodies like you do a computer. It is evil at its height. Evil at its height. If you cannot destroy the family which God intended, one man and one woman, no other design, there's no other marriage possible, there's sin, we're free to sin. But God has given us the freedom to not sin. God has given us the freedom to do what is right. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from death and hell and Satan and sin. Free to follow God. And I, I emphasize that we're not free to follow him if we're not free to not follow him. Parents are primary sources of grace. No one reaches heaven without divine grace. No one receives this grace except through another human being who is the channel of this grace. Parents 
are the primary channel of this grace for their children. We are here saying much more than meets the ear. We are saying that in God's ordinary providence, the parents are the main instruments of supernatural life for their children's minds. They are the main channels of spiritual strength for the children's wills. And in a word, the parents are the principal conduit by which God communicates the graces that children need to reach heaven and save their souls. And if you're Protestant, you'll say, well, they don't save their souls. That's the problem with the Catholic Church. You think you could save your soul? Yes, you can. You absolutely can. Apart from God, we can do nothing. With him, we can do all things. I've often given the illustration of a young man who wants to go to um, uh, college, very expensive college, $100,000. Well, I don't know what the costs are today. And he tells his parents he wants to do this. And his parents want to help him. They don't have $100,000, so the father takes an extra job, and they save their money, and they come to their son, and they say, Son, your papa says your mom and I want to help you go to this college, and we are going to give you the tuition for the college, $100,000. He'll need to take a side job for books and expenses, but they will give him the tuition. And they say, son, here is our condition. For giving you $100,000, we want you to maintain a B-plus average at your last year of high school. And why do they say that? Because they know their son and they know what he's capable of. If they insist on an A, they may call him to failure. If they insist on a B, they'll let him relax. He's capable of a B-plus with effort. And that's what they're calling him to. You must maintain B-plus average. You must clean your room on Saturday. You must honor your father and mother and obey them. You must not beat up your baby sister. Uh, Take the garbage out, all of that. Be home by midnight. Now, here's the $64,000 question. If your high school son during his last year obeys you, if he does all of that, will he have earned $100,000? I hope no one out there says yes. Because if all we need to do to earn $100,000 is be who we should be as children of our parents, if all we need to do is obey what every parent should tell their children regardless of any school, that's an amazing thing. No. If that child does everything his parents have required, which every parent should ask their children to do, regardless. He will receive the gift of $100,000. It remains a gift. If he does not obey and honor his parents, and he does not do that, those things, he forfeits the gift. $100,000 remains a gift. It's for him to attain to, as Paul says in Philippians, attain to or forfeit. Heaven is a free gift. There's no way we can earn it or deserve it. But without our works, without God's commandments, we forfeit the gift. There's the music for our first break, beloved. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go away. Hello. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. As part of our continuing effort to teach the sometimes lost beauty of our faith, we are broadcasting a special educational lesson every Wednesday called Lessons in Latin. These mini teachings from the Institute of Christ the King break down the history of the various parts of our Holy Mass. You can hear Lessons in Latin Wednesdays at approximately 5.15 a.m., 3.45 p.m., and 9.40 p.m. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. In the age of synodality that we're supposedly living in now, people swoon at the word listening. There's two kinds of listening. One is kind of a customer survey. Now, we've heard your comments and we're going to go with thin crust pizza from now on. But there's the other kind of listening where God teaches us, where we are silent. The Catholic Current, 5 p.m. Eastern, from the Station of the Cross and on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we will take your calls, your texts, and your emails. Um, I want to read a little further into Father Hardin's article on the necessity of homeschooling for the survival of the Catholic family. Um, this primary as channels of grace, this primacy rather, of parents as channels of grace for their children comes from the sacrament of matrimony which Catholic parents have received. Matrimony assures them of a lifetime of God's grace to love each other in faithful charity and chastity until death. Matrimony also assures them of a lifetime of God's grace for the upbringing of their children in loving obedience to God as a precondition for reaching a heavenly destiny. The purpose of marriage, beloved, is to raise families for heaven. Nothing less, and there can be nothing more. One of the great blessings of modern home education is that it is waking up so many parents to their God-given responsibility. I say it often, dear ones, when you stand before God, it will not be the church or the schools that will be responsible for your children's growth and nurture in the faith. It is your vocation. The schools and the churches will be responsible for what they've done and failed to do. 
but it is the parents' stewardship to raise their children in the faith. The wide spread in the province of God, let me read this first, in the providence of God, he allows no evil or suffering without intending to draw a greater good precisely as occasioned by the evil or pain. The widespread secularization of organized education in so many parts of the Western world has served as a lightning and thunder served as lightning and thunder to arouse complacent parents from their complacency. They are beginning to ask themselves, what is our duty as parents? What should we do to join forces with other dedicated fathers and mothers who are making such great sacrifices for the home education of their children? And this was long before parents were called terrorists, Uh, because they interfered with their children's education. It is the teachers who should serve the parents, and instead they won't allow the parents meddling with what their destruction of their children. How, Father asks, how to provide home education? As we enter the third part of our conference, Father says, I wish to make one thing clear. What I am sharing with you is no mere human Um, pedagogy. It is not the science of psychology or of educational methodology. It is nothing less than a mystery of faith. If I were to offer one passage from the New Testament that summarizes the whole doctrine, it occurs in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, where the apostle tells us, quote, for those who love God, everything works together unto good. Romans 8.28. What is St. Paul saying? He is telling us that if we are united with God in our love, he will use us to accomplish his divine plan. Or put in other words, depending on our union with God's will, by our practice of virtue, he will use us as channels of his graces. Let me be clear, Father says. This is not merely giving others a good example, which we should. It is not merely that no one give what he does not have, which is obvious. It is much deeper. It means that in the measure of our wills, being conformed with the will of God, and the measure that we love God, he will infallibly use us to achieve the designs that he wants to achieve, especially in the lives of of others. What does this mean for home education? Everything. In the degree that parents love God, God will use them to teach and train their children. If the parents have a strong faith, God will use them to teach and train their children. If the parents have a strong faith, God will use them to strengthen the faith of their children. If the parents are humble, they will effectively teach humility to their children. If parents are truthful and hopeful and patient and chaste and charitable and prayerful, God will use them as his chosen means of teaching and training their offspring in trust and hope and patience and chastity and prayerfulness. Listen to this last comment that Father makes. It it says that you teach mostly, not by what you know, but by what you are. It is by your example 
that our children will come to love God and know of him and of his world. If parents are truthful and hopeful and patient and chaste and charitable and prayerful, God will use them as his chosen means of teaching and training their offspring in trust and hope and patience and chastity and prayerfulness. Father ends with a prayer to the mother of God. Mary, he prays, mother of God and mother of the holy family, obtain from your divine son the graces which home-teaching Catholic parents so desperately need in our day, the grace to see their great privilege as channels of grace for the children, and the grace to serve as channels of grace, even at the cost of living martyrs' lives in our day. And beloved, If you're going to raise our children, you're going to raise your children, your offspring, your flesh and blood, or your adopted children in the faith. Today, you will be martyrs. You will be martyrs. Um, Because the world will come against you. Even the Catholic world will come against you. Don't worry about it. They are not your superiors. God is. And he's given you the holy vocation of raising saints for the kingdom, of getting your children to heaven and of getting one another to heaven. And it's not going to happen apart from love and apart from your pouring out your life for one another. Mothers, if you're working outside the home, do everything you possibly can to stop that and come home. Do everything you possibly can to get a job online or to... Um, uh, do people's house cleaning. I used to house clean. Do people's house cleaning. I, I, I cleaned houses to pay rent. Do house cleaning. Do ironing. Do laundry for people. Do errands. Do what you can to earn money at home. Stay home with your children. They need you. They need you. Absolutely minimum through high school age. Absolutely minimum for you to be home from them. Don't worry about a second car. Don't worry about a nicer home. Don't worry about anything. Your vocation is to get your children to heaven, and they need you more than they need any other human being on the face of the earth. And Papa, homeschooling is not Mama's job. It's both your job. Mama may be more available to take your children through the faith and the catechism all day, point out the glory of God's kingdom. But you are part of this, and you need to come home and find out what they learned this day and speak to them about their lives and the faith and read to them of the saints and gather at night and lead the family in in the family rosary. Don't leave it to your wife. You say, well, she's better at me. I know she's better than you at it. I don't know why that God gave you the job, but he didn't give your wife the job of being head of the home. She may be more spiritual. She may be more prayerful. She may not, but she may be. It's got nothing to do with your job. God has made you priest of the family. You are the one to lead. You, it's not who's better. It's your vocation. It's your vocation to be the priest of the home and to lead your wife and your children to heaven. You must do that. If you don't, you sit around and read a newspaper or watch a football game, 
um, instead of spending time with your children at night and your family, talking about the faith, reading about the saints, working with them on their dreams, you have failed as a father, as a husband, and as a Christian, and as a Catholic. Lay down your life for your wife, Papa. Lay down your wife. Don't lord it over her. A husband is to lay down his life for his wife as Christ did the church. That is the sort of love God intends a woman to submit to, to a man who will lay down his life for her. And that is the kind of love a woman can submit to and wants to submit to. And that's what God has laid down. Women should submit to their husbands, but they're submitting to a husband who will lay down his life for her, not who orders her around, not who tells her what to do, not who lords it over her. The greatest gift, Archbishop Chaput said this years ago, the greatest gift that a father can give his children is to love their mother. The greatest gift a mother can give her children is to love their father. I've seen many women, mothers, wives, who are so controlling, who put down their husband in front of their children. It is utterly shameful and destructive. You are teaching the children that marriage is of the enemy, that it doesn't work, that a wife needs to boss her husband around, that the wife needs to put her two cents in, that she's the master of the house, that she disagrees with her husband on, on what's best to do. Women, if you're doing that, you need to stop. You need to stop. You need to read Paul's letter to the Ephesians and his other letter to the Colossians, and you need to be a loving, um, feminine, faithful wife who does not act like Eve and take control over her husband and bring him down to the pit. You need to be like the new Eve, like Mary, who would never in a million years disrespect Joseph, but obey and honor him. That's what you need to do. And that is how you'll raise godly children who will have godly marriages by your example of submitting to your husband, whether he's right or wrong, you submit in everything but sin. Children, you submit to your parents in everything but sin. You may not agree with them. You may be right and they may be wrong. doesn't matter. If you're right and you disobey your parents, you're wrong before God. If your parents are wrong and you obey them, you're safe and you're right. That's God's plan so that we learn humility. We learn how to submit to one another. And when you finally do, you will taste the freedom of obedience that you couldn't even imagine before. And it will allow you to walk with God in a way you never have before. There's the music for our second break. Beloved, and we come back, we'll have a whole half hour to ourselves. Call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross. We'll be right back.
This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 27th. Today we celebrate St. Vincent de Paul. The deathbed confession of a dying servant opened Vincent's eyes to the crying spiritual needs of peasants in 17th century France. Until then, Vincent was a priest living a rather comfortable life. A wealthy friend helped Vincent draw together a group of missionaries who came to be known as the Congregation of the Mission or the Vincentians. Members took religious vows and devoted themselves particularly to the poor and to country people in general. Over time, Vincent established groups to bring spiritual and physical relief to the poor and the sick of each parish. Out of these groups grew the Daughters of Charity. He also invited the wealthy women of Paris to fund his missionary projects, founded several hospitals, collected relief funds for the victims of war, and even ransomed galley slaves from North Africa. At the same time, he gave retreats for members of the clergy at a time when there was much laxity, abuse, and ignorance among them. He also established seminaries and was a pioneer in clerical training. The patron of charitable societies, including, of course, the St. Vincent de Paul Society, died in 1660 and was canonized in 1737. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live. I'm thrilled to be live with you. And we have this whole half hour to ourselves. And before we begin to take your calls and emails, I want to mention, because this is the last day uh, to mention LifeSite News' is wonderful um, uh, 25 Years, A Legacy of Life. Um, they say you know, and I say, you know how important it is to get truthful and transparent news straight to your inbox and free from censorship. And, and I add to that, while we can, beloved. We know you want to be in the loop, LifeSize says, about what your children are learning in schools and how we must do everything we can to preserve our precious faith for our children and our children's children. That is why I'm so pleased to share that LifeSite News, I love even saying the word LifeSite News, I love LifeSite News. Um, that's why I'm so pleased to share that LifeSite News has started a new initiative called 25 Years, A Legacy of Life, which exists to bring you fresh uh, content, faith-filled news, and stories you can trust. That's why I go to them. I can trust whatever's there. I know they've done their homework. Join LifeSite as they fight to preserve this legacy for the next 25 years. And recently we came back last month from the 25th anniversary gala. They've done an, uh, just enormous good for the church worldwide. 
the next generation depends on their continuing to exist and their continuing to exist depends on our donation. Join that legacy today by visiting givegive.lifesitenews.com to make a donation. May God bless and love you. I would urge you to do that. I want to tell you that we, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, have done that. We do that with very few. LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross are our two most trustworthy Apostle, Catholic apostolates. We have Pablo uh, from California on the line. I think you've been waiting a while, Pablo, right? Yes, hello. Uh, you patient soul, thanks so much. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Mother? Oh, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, that's good. Beautiful day. It God is. is mm-hmm. Good. Um, yeah, Mother. Um, well, first of all, I, like, I want to say that I'm happy to see none but with their full habits. Ah. Oh, that's why I love your show. Oh, um, good. My my question is, um, why do most uh, United like churches in the United States don't ring their bells? Like when I go to my um my parents' country in Mexico, they like they have no shame. They would just like ring them, you know. And it's something like lovely. A lot of people enjoy, it, even secular people. But that's here, right. They either they either have like um like a speaker type of bells or they just don't ring anything at all and I'm, I'm just wondering why is it that most of the the churches here in the United States don't ring them. I wish I knew, Pablo. You might have given a hint when you said the churches in Mexico have no shame. It may be that people are afraid of letting the world know that they're Catholic or that they're they think they're too Catholic, or maybe they don't have the money to repair the bell. Or uh, I don't know what it is, but I absolutely agree with you. I wish all the bells would ring out, and I wish they'd be real bells rather than this digital kind of thing. I absolutely agree with you, Pablo. Um, I I don't know why. uh, I think the faith has simply dwindled in this country, simply dwindled, and what happens is left up to a few committees. Uh, in the past, in the people of Mexico, it wouldn't be so. All the people would come together and, and build a tower, put a bell in, and ring it. Here, it's, it's uh, the faith in America is all but gone. But it's a good point you've made, dear one. Okay, so if anyone's listening at this, I don't know where Pablo went, but if anyone's listening um, at this point, encourage your pastor to ring the bells of your church. And we have Carlos on the line from North Carolina. Hi, Carlos. Hi, Mother. How are you? Oh, I'm terrific. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Mother, I just want to say thank you for everything that you do. Um, Just when the world seems like it can't get any, any, any darker... There's always a beacon of hope and light, and I believe that you're, you're that mother, so thank, thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. There will always be a beacon of light because the gates of hell will not prevail against Christ's church. Amen, mother. So I was calling with you know, all these things that we're watching, and I'm not sure how many people around the world understand this great evil that's trying to take over the entire planet. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm of Cuban descent. I'm an American because I was born in this country, but um, my parents are Cuban. And uh, I just watched how Cuba passed some votes on legalizing uh, same-sex marriage, um, same-sex adoption. Um, you know, so th- this whole LGBTQ movement in a country where 
most of us know voting isn't even real. You know, mm-hmm. the government's yeah, always there, right. hijacks the votes and does all kinds of stuff. But they're getting in line with, you know, what's going on globally with this global agenda. Then it comes to, came to my, uh, uh, a buddy of mine sent me a post that was on Facebook that was posted by the Vatican. And it's a poster of, you know, LGBTQ pride with a woman dressed in, you know, um, like a priest. And it's an animated poster. And I'm like, how are people not witnessing this evil global agenda that is going on? And um, I, I wish there was a better way to make people understand this, this intrinsic evil. I do too, Carlos. Uh, do you know the illustration of the frog in warm water? Yes, you know, ma'am. All right. So I'll just say for those who don't, um, if you put a ro- put a pot on the stove and you room temperature water and you put a little frog in there, he's very very happy. And you put the light on under the pot, simmer really s- small light. Eventually, it heats up so slowly that the frog's body adjusts to it, and he eventually boils to death. I think that's the situation, Carlos. We're so used to living in evil. Women walk around half-naked. Their daughters walk around half-naked. Even even when they're little girls, they're half-naked. Their mother's the way they dress them. Um, uh, there's such evil uh, blanketing the world, as you say, that I th- we're just used to it. We're just, you, we're frogs in warm water, and the heat is being turned up quite a bit, but it's happening so long and so slowly that even now that the, the pace is accelerating, uh, very few people care, or they're just interested in protecting themselves and getting what they can out of life. It's tragic. It's tragic, uh, Carlos. Um, uh, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you, and for the evil to be... Uh, not just in the world, but worse, actually, in the church, is is just what the enemy has been doing since the Garden of Eden. And shame on us Catholics who are in the world to affect the world and have instead been affected by the world. I agree with you, dear one. That's right, Mother. Mother, can I have one more question? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Um, so at what point here do we witness our Holy Father you know, Pope Francis, you know, getting in line with these things, at at what point do we as faithful Catholics holding up tradition, you know, uh, uh, you know, putting God first, do we completely just reject the heretical things that we're starting to see in the church and say, you know what, we can't follow this Holy Father. We, because the things that he's doing are not of God. And anyone with eyes to see and ears to hear can see that this is happening. Right. Um, at what point can we completely, you know, um, re- not revolt, I don't want to use that word, but reject this and say we, we can't go along with this That's and right. still be faithful to the church and still, you know, n- not fall into a situation where we're in schism in any way? Excellent. You've just summed up the whole thing. Well, Carlos, at what point, the minute you hear heresy coming from the Holy Father's mouth or anyone else, you reject it. You must reject it. You must not obey heresy. Um, And the Pope has taught heresy. 
don't reject him because um, we cannot. I cannot say he's not the Pope. Many some people think that, but I cannot say that. And we don't reject the office, but we reject errant teaching. And so the minute uh, you hear anything from the Holy Father that is wrong, that is heresy, that is sinful, on the spot you reject it, and you give no credence to it. But you don't straight out reject him or the, the office he holds because uh, we'd be on dangerous ground then. We don't know what God is doing. We don't know God has allowed him to be Pope, um, whether, uh, you know, people argue that Pope Benedict XVI is still Pope. I, I don't know those things. Um, I listen to everyone, and I don't know. So I pray, we pray here for the Holy Father and his conversion every single day. Um, and if he does what's fine, we're okay. Um, any uh, His, his um, partnership with evil, with the Great Reset is just that. It's solid evil, and we have nothing to do with it, and we turn from it, and we pray for him, and we don't obey anything that is not in line with the uh, perennial teaching of the church. So that's what it is, Carlos. We don't totally reject the office of Holy Father or the man in it, but we reject anything that's taught that is not uh the truth of the faith. Amen, Mother. Thank you so much, Mother, and I love you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks for calling in, sweetheart. Um, let me see now. Uh, we have an email from John who writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. Um, so glad to hear you live on your show. We missed you. <laughs> John must have written in during uh, Noncore. May God bless you and your sisters in your new home there in Tyler, Texas. Thank you, John. Um, here's my question, he says. My older sister's husband died and was cremated. She had some of his ashes put into little vials and given out to family members. I told her she should not have done that, and all I got was why. I told her when our mother died, we cut off a finger and kept it. She said no. Then I told her that is what you did to your husband, took part of him away from his body. Was I right in saying that? Well, you weren't wrong uh, in saying that, but it, I don't think it helped your wife at all. Um, um, rather, your sister, I guess. Um, um, the best thing for you to do is to give her the church's teaching in the catechism on cremation that the body is to be kept intact the ashes are not to be scattered, they're not to be divide, d divided, they're not to be kept in a vial on a mantle or any other place. They, are, they must be buried um, in a cemetery or a mausoleum. And uh, John says, one more thing, I cannot get it through to my wife that when we die, we should be buried next to each other. She told me that when she dies, she's going to be buried next to her mother in Brazil. And I told her, you and I are family now. And you should not do that. How can I tell her we are family and should be buried next to each other like my mother and father? You're not going to convince her. If she does not have that understanding, that faith, and that love, uh, that she'd rather be buried next to her mother than you, you've got a troubled marriage, dear one. 
Um, and so if you want to be buried next to your wife and she wants to be buried in Brazil next to her mother, then have both your um, tombs, uh, both your burial plots in Brazil so you could be married next to your wife. <laughs> okay. He says, thank you, Mother, for being there. When I have a question, I'm still looking for a church that does not, that does the Latin Mass the old way with the priest facing the altar, not the people. Oh, I'm with you, John. And gives out Christ by the priest hands. Um, in Massachusetts, they don't do that. I might have to fly to Tyler, Texas every Sunday to go to Mass. Thank you, Mother. May God bless and keep you safe. God bless you, dear John. Keep the faith. Love your wife. Don't fight. Just live the faith and help your wife to grow stronger in her faith. We'll be right back after the break. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I'm a uh, widower, parent of three almost adults, and listen to you guys around the clock. Father McTigg, Society of Jesus, he's wonderful. Mother Miriam, of course, the Divine Office, and many other great things that Station of the Cross does. So thanks very much for your great work. I had a friend at work email me and tell me about the Station of the Cross a couple months after it started, and I was so excited I tuned into it, and I found that I love the Catholic Station. If you've been blessed, by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes, and that's Plenty of time for you to call in if you wish with anything on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Tony 
who says, good morning, dear mother, and God bless you. I'm so happy you're secure in Texas. Uh, we're happy. We're, I don't know that we're secure in Texas. I don't know that we're secure anywhere on earth. But we are also very happy we're in Tyler. It's working out so beautifully. The people are just so wonderful. And, of course, we have a magnificent bishop in Bishop Joseph Strickland. Tony says, my question concerns the Angelus prayer. I believe you've said that when the Bible says the angel of the Lord, it is God himself. However, it seems clear from scripture that the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary at the Annunciation. Can you clear this up for me, Tony? Yes, Tony, you're a good listener. You, you get it right. It not, it's not every time it says the angel of the Lord. It's most often. If you uh, go to Bible Gateway or a search engine and type in and quotes the angel of the Lord, you will see it's over 50 times that statement appears in Scripture. And most often, it refers to a pre-incarnate Christ. Most often, but not always. So yes, the angel of the Lord is the angel Gabriel whom God sent, uh, the angel that uh, fought in Daniel, the angel that appeared to Zechariah in the temple, the angel that uh, made the Annunciation to Mary, and that went to Joseph in a dream. He's a very busy angel. So yes, absolutely, truly Gabriel. Um, we have an email from Dee, and Dee says, Hello, Mother. I'm a convert from evangelicalism, and your old show on EWTN was very instrumental in my coming into the Catholic Church. Well, blessed be God, Dee. I love listening to your podcast because I truly appreciate your ability to teach so clearly, and I find your voice very soothing. Blessed be God, Dee. My question is about tithing. <clears throat> I know that the Bible teaches we should tithe 10%, but is it necessary to give our tithe to our local church? Can we instead give some of it to someone in need, for example? I want to do what is right and not rely on my own conscience. Good for you. But instead, do what the church teaches. Thank you, and God bless you. Always love, D. Actually, the Bible doesn't teach 10% tithing. I know that is most often... Uh, spoken of, and the 10% is always of gross, not net, not what you have left over after taxes, always off the top. In the Old Testament, if you put together everything the Jewish people gave to God, it was actually 30%. Um, but no, the, the local church should be first, should be first, because without our support, um, there's no local church. So the local church is always first and the largest percent of your giving. Um, but yes, you can take from that tithe whatever percentage or whatever amount you have and give to people in need, to the poor, to uh, LifeSite News, to the Station of the Cross, uh, to, to Catholic Answers, to all good EWTN, all good apostolates. So yes, whatever you wish to do with your tithe or with your donations, um, as many uh, people as you wish to spend it, or just to one, but your local church should be first. And if you, if you, in these days, you go to a, a church that is teaching heresy, you don't want to give to that church. If you're in a diocese that is supporting um, human development all over the world uh, through the USCCB, you don't want to give to that either, because they're teaching abortion and contraception and all of that. 
um, you don't want to give to the USCCB, you don't want to give to uh, U.S. development um, abroad, uh, and you don't want to give to your local parish if, if they are teaching heresy or disrespecting the Blessed Sacrament. But you can give directly to your pastor in order to support him. Many, many ways you can give. Okay. Um, we have an email from Elizabeth who says three questions. Let's see now. Hold on a moment. Um, three questions. First, a fun one. What was your first taste of bacon like? I loved it. <laughs> I love bacon. I loved it even in my first taste. You're so cute. Um, and now, to, secondly, did you believe in the rapture as an evangelical? Absolutely, yes. And three, please explain again how the Antichrist will have a Jewish background or heritage. I don't think I can explain that one, um, Elizabeth. Um, I've heard that. Um, I, I just can't uh, cannot explain that. I've I've heard that's the case. It grieves me no end. Um, you know the the uh, the the devil, um, who is the instrument of the Antichrist. Uh, has tried to destroy the Jewish people right from the beginning. So what greater finale could he have than to have a Jewish person as the Antichrist? Since Christ came through the Jews and is Jewish from the tribe of Judah, to have a Jewish person as an Antichrist, it is just like his plan. So um, uh, that's all I can say about that. I, I don't know where he'll come from, uh, and I cannot say how he will have a Jewish heritage. Um, a call from Rachel in Maryland. Hi, Rachel. Hello, Mother. Hi, honey. Um, thank you for all you do, and, and I hope that your move to Texas has gone smoothly. It's Well, nothing is ever smooth in a move, but it is fantastic, Rachel. Thank you so much for that. It's really wonderful, and we're very happy to be here. Well, I'm trying to simplify my question and not give you all of the background and the details. I think it really comes down to uh, wanting to honor my mother, my yes. father is now gone, so mm-hmm. honoring thy mother and thy father is one yeah. of the Ten Commandments. But at the same time, what she's asking of me is it conf- in conflict with my husband. And I, I believe she's not being fair in this situation, and she's put me in a very difficult position. I feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place. And so I guess I want your advice on at what point is it more important to go with your husband and his feelings in something or desires about something versus your, your parents? Just about every point. You leave your father and mother and cling to your husband. Are you in a position to tell me the issue? Well, it's, a, it's an issue about a family event and... Um, my mother feels very strongly that if I don't attend, um, you know, I'm just I'm doing a big wrong to the family, making making a big wrong. I guess I don't know how yeah. to say it. 
Yeah, we have we have less than a minute left, so go ahead and sum it up. What what is your husband's point? And my husband's point is no, the family, my family, with my husband and my children need me on this particular weekend and it's a very valid point. And so I feel like I What's the event that your mother wants you to be at? It's it's a wedding, it's a family wedding. And who's the who's the relative? How close? My niece. Okay, no. You you um, you go with your husband. There's, that's very very clear. You say, Mom. The scriptures say that we are to leave our mother and father and cling to our husband. The husband is the head of my family. I love you. I will always love you. I will always honor you. And if I don't obey my husband, I am not honoring you because you've raised me to love and honor God. And in order to love and honor God, I obey my husband, Mom. That's how I honor you. Well, it's a beautiful way to say it. Good. Okay, Rachel. God bless you, sweetheart. And God bless all of you. God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. God bless you.